0: Welcome to the Longevity Forum podcast, a series on achieving longer, healthier, and more fulfilled lives for as many as possible. In this session, we are thrilled to have Daphina Grapsi Penny, co founder of the Longevity Forum, who will be speaking with Lord Neil Mendoza, provost of Oriel College, Oxford, about the future of education. I'll leave the rest to you, Daphina. Thank you, Laura. And good morning, Neil. It's a pleasure to have you as our guest on the Longevity Forum podcast today. Thank you. Education is obviously a topic that we discuss a lot here at the Longevity Forum. In fact, I mean, unsurprisingly, we we believe that with changes in life expectancy and the need to reinvent ourselves and our careers multiple times during our lifetime, lifelong learning becomes really critical. So as the Provost of one of the leading colleges at the University of Oxford, we're very keen to hear your perspective on how you see education evolving to respond to longer lives. But before we talk about the future, I thought we could perhaps uh, give a little bit of historical background for those uh, listeners who perhaps are not familiar with Oriel College, given that our audience is uh, global.
1: Of course, so Oriel College is one of the constituent colleges At the University of Oxford. Um, It's an old college. We were founded almost 700 years ago. So we're coming up to our anniversary, which is a very exciting thing. And we do two things we educate and we also provide a place for research. We educate undergraduates and graduate students in a whole range of subjects across the humanities, the sciences, and and the social sciences. And we are right in the center of Oxford, a lovely home for students. Quite a traditional college, people should come visit.
0: That's quite a legacy, and uh, I'm sure one that will made, be made even greater as the college benefits from changes in life expectancy. Um, and I, sp- I suppose for Oxford University, demand has never been an issue, supply has always been tight in terms of intake. So, when we talk about longer lives and possible increases in future demand, how does that change things for you, and how are colleges like yours preparing to promote lifelong learning?
1: I don't know how much preparation um, we've done so far. The university has always had a model for continuing education. It has um, a department called the the, um, Department for Continuing Education. takes about 15,000 students a year from right across the world, 160 countries, and you can do courses daily, weekly, monthly. You can do courses online or in person. You can do courses that result in undergraduate or postgraduate certificates. And, like other universities, they have a system for being able to transfer certain types of credits across partner um, universities and and colleges of of higher education. So there's something going on at the university level at our level because all of our education is here in uh, with students in residence. We haven't got particularly far in thinking about how we as a as a small college might do that, but clearly. This is a really important thing, as your introduction suggested. As lives go longer, and clearly during our lives, we have many opportunities for change, both in what we study, how we work, where we live. And so education offers an incredible opportunity for deeper reflection and for coping with longer life and potentially longer retirement.
0: Absolutely. but So in terms of, um, it, it's interesting what you said, because I hadn't really thought about all the, the online learning as well, because it, which, which is one way of increasing capacity and broadening um, the reach to, to more and more people, you know, not just those who are physically in the colleges, but around the world. But what would you say are the main challenges for universities, and, and not necessarily speaking just for Oxford, but just based on your perspective, is it the kind of whole digitization? It seems like there, there needs to be more investment in that if you're going to increase capacity in the future.
1: Yeah, there are many challenges for universities. I mean, in a sense, a university, certainly at the undergraduate level, was a place where young people, in the UK this is, in particular, could leave home and experience, um, you know, in a way being a bit more independent between the ages of, say, 18 to 21. Now, clearly that's going to change with an on, with a with a move towards a more online model. And we're already seeing, as a result of the pandemic, the um, acceleration of the move to online, whether it's online tutorials or online examinations. You know, I just wonder, um, Dafina, what's going to happen? Because there are great tensions within these university structures. Universities are not there just merely to educate they are there equally to do research. And Oxford, the University of Oxford, in fact, is a massive um, research university. And sometimes the tension between the education piece and the research piece um, comes to the fore, and I think that's going to have to be um, dealt with. The funding model is is another one that's gonna have to be dealt with, certainly in the UK. I can't speak for the international market, but here in the UK, at the undergraduate level the government sets fees at a certain rate which is below um, b- the b- it, which is below our cost so at some point that will have to change
0: and have you have you thought about what this does to your funding models you know it presuming you know things will have to change but have you changed yourself how you approach fundraising outside of obviously the the, the fees from students
1: yeah well we Oriel college like the other colleges at the University of Oxford, and like many other things, we're a charity. And so, fundraising is very much a part of our lifeblood and what we're here to do. The model of an Oxford college is that we provide a very intensive tutorial structure for our undergraduate students, which means that they have one, two, or three sessions a week with a tutor when there are only two or three of them in the room. So, it's an incredibly wonderful experience, but that is a very expensive um, offer. And it's not one that we want to stop doing. So in order to fund that, we need to continue to uh, to fundraise and make sure that we can give students the benefit of that extraordinary um, time they have with some of the great experts in their field on a personal level.
0: Now, I suppose infrastructure is another area that will need to change as we live longer, as you have more and more cohorts, I suppose, coming to universities for that continued education. Where do you look for, for inspiration? I suppose you, you already outlined that, that there are limitations in terms of you know, how much you can increase capacity within the college in terms of like the physical presence. But if you're thinking about different cohorts coming to university,, you know, lifelong learning, how do you adapt the infrastructure for, say, older people accessing university? Uh, and, and where do you look for inspiration? Of course, business schools have, have tended to have more older people attend business schools or do they provide an inspiration in this area for example
1: yeah they do we have a business school at oxford um the side business school which is extremely good and we also have business school students at oriel college who who um then go and do their course at side so we're quite used to having um older older students i just think also we have to think a bit more widely than just the university system think a bit more widely about higher education and perhaps move to an offer of further education vocational training different kinds of courses shorter qualification options for education products because as we live longer we are going to want to change our careers change our interests and i think it's a, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for universities to do that and there are plenty of businesses out there already doing that so for example if you take a giant education business like coursera in america you can see that they partner with a number of universities around the world to offer courses in their case specifically designed really to bring on business skills or or technical skills that will be useful in the workplace but why shouldn't that be a way that people should go and those are obviously mostly online
0: absolutely I I think the the opportunities are are limitless and it seems like universities would be great uh, in terms of the, the old sort of university route, but this kind of further education and lifelong education, it seems like a good good space for universities to, to really move into. You talked about, obviously, the research side of things. And, and we know that Oriel College is really doing great things in the longevity space. You have the lab that's run by Lynn Cox, who's one of the leading scientists in this space and someone we're proud to have as, as our own supporter. So I'd be grateful if you could maybe just tell us what's happening there.
1: Yes, well Lynn Cox, Professor Lynn Cox is one of the he's a fellow in biochemistry at Oriel College, and she is also one of the leading scientists in the world in the area of uh, longevity research. And I know that many, many on this call will will know of her work, um, especially at um her work on senescent on, on, on removing or modifying senescent cells, for example, which uh, we know drive um different aspects of aging pathology. And as you say, our own Jim Mellon is a great sponsor of Lynn's work at Oriel. And it, the effect of his sponsorship is significantly bolstering our ability to study the process of cell aging and advanced interventions that um, can improve health and immune resilience. So we're doing our work here to extend life. And then as you say, we're gonna have to work out how to um, educate people as they have this long life. The other thing I was thinking to Fino actually is in terms of education providers, it won't only be universities and education, um, conventional education places. It won't only be businesses like Coursera. But what I'm seeing, and as you know, I'm, I'm also across a lot of the culture world for the UK government, I'm increasingly seeing some of our great museums offering education options. So, for example, you may well know the Victorian Albert Museum in, in London, which is one of the great museums in the world. They've now launched an academy. And in that academy, you can study either in person or online an array of art history courses, because that's their area of expertise. But you can also study practical things in, I don't know, um, sculpture, painting, tapestry, restoration, that kind of thing. And, and, and I think that will prove to be an incredibly interesting area as we move on, as we find different Areas of expertise, being able to turn them into educational products for for people.
0: Absolutely, I think that I did, I wasn't aware of the the v um, academy, but but that makes a lot of sense. And and as you say, education. You know, when you think about education in broadened terms, it's not just you know learning about a topic or, or reskilling. It's also about you know, as we live longer, people will have more leisure time, so they will want to pursue passions as well and and learn about things that they might not have had the chance to. To learn during their kind of professional developments, so it does make a lot of sense to to think about it in 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 much broader terms. Well, that was a fascinating discussion, Neil. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and then really grateful to you and the entire Oriel College for the support. We're really looking forward to seeing you also at the Science Summit during Longevity Week, which, as a reminder, will be running in London and virtually from the 14th to the 18th of November later this year, and hopefully it's a good opportunity to showcase also the work that Oriel College and Professor Lynn Cox are doing in this area and hopefully attract uh, more supporters to the lab as well.
1: Thanks very much, Devine. It was great to speak to you. Thanks, Neil.
0: This broadcast has been brought to you by Longevity Forum as part of Longevity Week 2022. For more podcasts, visit our website, thelongevityforum.com, or follow us on Twitter, longevity underscore forum.